time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is <laughs> episode number 52, yay, of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton. But most importantly, we hug chickens every day. And kiss them too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? I don't even remember. It was something super strong. What was it? Colombian. Is that what it is? (laughs) It's good. (laughs) Yeah, we're brewing Colombian because we need caffeine Yeah, we do. We're a bit caffeinated. You ready to drink some coffee and talk then? Absolutely. But first, I want to say happy anniversary to us. Yay! (laughs) It is our one-year podcast anniversary, and we just want to take this time to, once again, thank all of our listeners, our patrons, our supporters, our sponsors, and our dear collaborators, Yes, Fiona the Floof Lady and Dr. Rebecca. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And And all of the guests we've had all year. It's been amazing. It's been such mm-hmm. a fun year. And thank you to everyone around the world yeah. for listening to us. We love it. Making thank this you. podcast what it is. We love it. We're so happy. Yes, thank you all. it makes us very happy. Well, it's a perfect week for it to drop. It's Thanksgiving week. I was going to say, it's dropping the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So we are so busy around here. Yeah, it's Lots crazy. of prep work. Lots of prep work. Oh my goodness, I've baked the muffins, I've done all the stuff to prep. Now it's just getting everything in order for one dinner. Right. It's the dinner of the year. If you've never cooked a Thanksgiving dinner before, it's amazing how organized you need to be. Yes. So that you get everything done at the proper time and everything ready when it needs to be ready. That and Christmas dinner. Yeah, both of them. I mean, you have to, if you're having family over, it's like everything has to coordinate exactly when you have guests over, you have your apps out, then you have the next thing, and then you have dinner, and then you have dessert. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a it's, lot. It's a and lot. then trying to clean up in between. So much. So, so much work. I usually go to my sister's house, which is super fun. The only bad thing about it is that either sometime before dinner or in the middle of dinner, one of us has to pop up, run home, and put the chickens away. Yeah. I think most of you listening to this are going to know what we're talking about. Hey, I feel you because over here, my family is all coming here. So I've been getting all the stuff ready so that everything is a go. Mm -hmm. Then I have to get all dinner ready. And then thank you to my (laughs) sister-in-law, Michelle, Joe's sister. Michelle's wonderful. She helps me so much. Mm -hmm. Then I'll have to run out and do the chicken chores. But it's just trying to get everything together. But here, it's all about together time. It is. Thanksgiving. And it's all about being grateful for this year, we're all able to be together. You know who I'm grateful for? Who's that? Pete. Oh, yeah. For a lot of reasons. But one of them is because I can drink wine at dinner because he'll probably go home and put the chickens in. Yeah. I can drink wine at dinner because I can stumble. Because you're not going anywhere, right? I, I can fall <laughs> on my way out to put the chickens in or have the girls to do it. Have you ever stayed out there too long? They're like, mommy and a wine bottle have disappeared. There was once a neighborhood pool party in which I had a few too many drinks. Really? Do and tell. I, I sat in the chair, you know, one of my chicken chairs yeah. and literally kind of passed out. Happy chi- Thanksgiving. <laughs> but it was in the summer. I so it was good. I <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's mommy doing sleeping out there with the chickens? Happy pool party. But Thanksgiving is one of my most favorite holidays mm-hmm. because it's not about the gifts. Right. It's about sharing a meal with your family yes. and friends mm-hmm. and being grateful for 
Actually, this year it's a big thing because last year we had COVID right during Thanksgiving. I remember. It was an easier thing because it was just us. Right. But we couldn't have everybody over. Yeah. Until you not have your parents here or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So this year I'm grateful for everybody being together. Yeah. It's super nice. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. Okay. So I just want to take a minute to ask everyone a huge favor. If you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head on over to Apple Podcast and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for our show. It really does help the podcast. If you're looking for more ways to support the show, you can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can share us on social media, including Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can head over to our Etsy shop, see what we have on offer there. Or you can visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies and explore our levels of membership. And the other thing you can do to help support the podcast is buy products from our sponsors. Yay! We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubly Farms. From now until the end of November, you can receive 20% off if you're a first-time buyer. We have a special discount code for our listeners, COFFEE20, for 20% off your first purchase. You can follow the link in our show notes. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot combine with any other offers. If you haven't heard, Grubly Farms has a brand new layer crumbles food packed with plant and insect protein, perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. Plus, they're the perfect size for bantams and all products ship free. It's a great time to try Grubly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code COFFEE20. Try it today. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then, yeah. Let me take a minute to tell everybody about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the Mega Box. Tons of useful products and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with the chicken t-shirts. They are so cute and so soft. In the November box, I absolutely love the blank chicken note cards and the refillable treat feeder complete with suet treats. My favorites were those tea towels. They were so nice and thick with a nice chicken print. Hey, I'm going to use it for an oven pad. Perfect. Boxes start at $39 per month. They ship immediately after your purchase and shipping is always free. It's such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. And now it's about that time for Breed Spotlight. Yeah. Breed Spotlight. Yeah. 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 Spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what that was. Breed Spotlight. And this week we are doing the... We're doing the Sarama. Yay! It's one of my favorites and I want a Sarama. They are really cute little chickens. Our upcoming guest has Saramas. Big surprise guest. Except we told people last week. (laughs) Surprise. Maybe they forgot. So the tiny Sarama. See, this was really interesting because we didn't know much about them. I want one. I know. But we didn't know much about them. So doing this research was a lot of fun. Everything was interesting because we knew nothing. I know one thing. What? They're super cute. Yeah, they're really cute. (laughs) So the tiny Sarama is actually a modern breed. And they're the smallest. They are the smallest chickens in the U.S. And we double-checked the smallest chickens in the world. They are smaller than my nankins, who are tiny at less than two pounds. Yeah. The Saramas are less than a pound. Well, the roosters can hit a pound. It's just crazy how tiny. So according to the breed standard, the pullets average about 12 ounces. The hens, about 14, 
Your cockerels are going to average about 14 and your roos about 16 ounces. So just around a pound. They're so little. They're tiny. They're tiny. I mean, they're the perfect thing, like a pocket chicken, basically. Oh, they really are. So again, they're modern. They were developed in Malaysia and they are supposedly the result of crosses between Japanese bantams and Malaysian bantams. And I even saw elsewhere there could have been some other bantams added in. It's sort of not generally known what exactly the foundation breeds were. And the thing is... You see it with their color variations. Yes, definitely. Verified historical information on this breed is extremely thin on the ground, meaning I had a hard time finding sources that I would consider reputable. uh, Right. So we'll go with what we have. We have verified this. Yes. The first ceramas were imported in the U.S. in about 2000. That's not that long. It's not that long ago. So they've been here 21 years. Mm -hmm. There was a breeder in Louisiana who imported about 130 birds, and they served as foundation stock. And then about four years later, the Asian market closed due to avian flu concerns. So the ceramas can no longer be imported, which means that all of the ceramas in the U.S. are descended from the original importation. Exactly. What you're going to get here is what you're going to get. Right. And in Europe, what you got there is what you're going to get. Right. And 130 chickens is not a huge breeding pool. It should be enough to provide genetic diversity. And what we've learned, was it the brackle that there were five left? Yes, that was a brackle. So we've learned that there can be far less and the breed can survive. It can. I mean, there are some serious hurdles you have to get through with a gene pool that small. Yeah. I did read, and I could not substantiate this, that there was another importation right about the same time. And that would meet an even bigger gene pool. Before they close the Asian market. Right. So the Saramas have a medium-sized straight comb. Now, that's medium-sized for a Sarama. Right. I mean, it will be a tiny comb with anyone else. But yeah. medium-sized straight comb, medium-sized waddles. Have you ever seen the pictures of the show bantams? Yeah. Where they have the chest yeah. out and the wings down. So like a lot of other bantams, they have that super prominent chest and the low slanted wings. They come in a variety of colors and varieties, including silk and your absolute favorite. Frizzle. The frizzle. But they come in basically every color. Pretty much, yeah, they do. I mean, any color you want, you can get. When we talk about the APA standard in a minute, we're going to explain that further. But let's just say that non-standard colors, there are tons of them. Yeah. Like most bantams, they're quite heat-hardy. Yeah, they are pretty heat-hardy because they don't have a lot on their boats. Right, there's not much body mass. But then that's the opposite for the winter. They're going to need some provisions. They're not going to be out there with zero degrees. You're going to need to maybe bring them in. I don't really know how this chicken can survive just out in a yard, to be honest with you. I saw at least one person writing about these and saying that they were delighted because their ceramas were very cold hardy. And I thought, how many ceramas do you have? A hundred? And they're all like in together? I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think of is their definition of cold must be different than mine. They could be in a different area where cold may be 65 degrees. They were in the northern part of the U.S., but not super high north. I mean, mean, that's the concern with this chicken is that you have to be able to make provisions. This is the same as the Silky, as a Polish. The Nankins even. The Nankins. You have to be able to make provisions. The Saramas weigh less than a pound. That is not a lot of body mass to be exposed to cold. And their respiratory system could certainly suffer from really, really cold. So what we do with the Nankins, which are probably maybe one of the closer birds in size to them, if it gets in the low 20s to the teens, yeah. then there's going to be a cozy coop heater on. Yes, but the problem is sometimes in our area, we may go down to 15, 5. Yes, yes. So for them, they're a little bigger. What they I'm definitely need a cozy I coop I would heater. already have the heater on for that. For an even smaller bird, 
I almost think you need an indoor little housing area for them at night. I think for that winter, a lot of people who do have saramas do have them as house chickens or some sort of heat source on them. Right. We like the cozy coop heaters because they are a safe heating option. And they don't even heat the coop as much as they keep it at a certain temperature. Right. So that we're not at risk of serious hypothermia for such a tiny bird or just as bad, serious frostbite from blood vessels freezing. Yeah. So there are different ways that you can keep the coop warm. So your major concern with this bird is if you're in extreme cold, then you're going to need to make provisions. Yes. And just know that this is all part of the breed research. Right. Know that before you start, I kind of have to think the same thing because I'm the one who's thinking, I love these birds are so adorable. Right. My chickens are outside. Right. So I also have three dogs and a parrot. Is a chicken going to be able to live inside with me or be at a place where when it's so cold? What about a garage? I think a garage coop would be excellent because then you can have electricity in there. You can have the heater in Mm -hmm. there. The garage gets cold. But they're sheltered. They're not going to get, say, a draft or a terrible wind when we get cold wind. I actually do get regular small heaters for the garage for when the birds are in there. Right. So that it actually heats up for them. Right. Even more than the Cozy Coop heaters. If they're less than one pound, the Brincy Brooder, they could benefit from being under that. It's the same technology as one of the coop heaters. Yeah. So you could be using that when it's warm. They could sleep under it. Right. I would think they would fit just fine if you had one or two. If you put it all the way up at the top of the lakes, that should work. Yeah. I think. But that is, I think, the major concern for this bird. I would agree. I would go so far as to say if you have a silk or a frizzle, then you have to watch them even more closely. Because of the wetness. Because of wetness and wind. Just the thought there. Even if you had a garage, like you said, to bring them in, you need to have some place that they can come in from extreme weather. Yeah, I agree. The other thing to think of is you can't really have them in with standard sized birds, I don't think, because they're going to get picked on. I don't even have the Nankins in with standard sized birds. No, I I mean, I think they would need their own little thing, their own little shelter and everything else. So you'd have to build a coop and... I mean, I know there are people who successfully keep bantams with standard breeds. You'd probably have to choose the breeds carefully. Maybe there are some breeders who choose to risk the cold with their animals. But if these are beloved pets, it's not a risk that I would be willing to take. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that either. That's why we're the chicken ladies. (laughs) (laughs) We're not known for making our chickens rough it. No. Oh, no. So the American Poultry Association accepted the Sarama and specifically the white American Sarama Bantams in 2012. And the American Bantam Association have also accepted a standard for the Sarama. All these numbers are so close. Yeah, that's like recent history, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's apparently a breed standard for the Sarama in their homeland, but the standard here has some differences. I I can see that. And one of the things you want to note is that the APA accepted the American Sarama. Right, which is different than the Asian. It, It is, yeah. So there are two clubs. They were both formed to help get the standard passed by the APA. We'll have this linked on our show notes. There is the Sarama Council of North America, which was the original breed group, and then the American Sarama Association. Both of them have all kinds of good information on their website, including the standard for the American Sarama and the Asian standard, too, if you want to compare and contrast them. Okay. The other thing that we were going to talk about is this is a major bird for showing. Oh, yes. Yes. And you had found some information that this is basically a tabletop showing bird. That was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But you can understand, like, how could they be on the ground? You would need a magnifying glass to see them on the ground. (laughs) I think most poultry shows they do in the cage. Yeah. But they do show to advantage if they're out and moving around. Yeah. A bird that tiny. 
So I thought this was really interesting. The Ceramic Council of North America promotes the tabletop show. Yeah. And it's actually, like we said, showing with the bird on top of a small table. Yeah. It's so, kind of like the dog shows. Kind of, yeah. They put them up to judge up on the table. Yeah. It allows the ceramas to move around and they show off their moves a little bit. Well, I mean, they have some really cool feathering. They have all different colors. That funny little bantam stance. Yeah, the bantam stance for the roux. I mean, all that stuff. Like you said, this is a big bird for showing. So if you're interested in this, there's a Facebook page support group for tabletop showing. <laughs> I spent a lot of time reading on there this morning. It was fascinating. They make their own tables and sort of train their bird to move around on it. Hey, chickens are so, so smart. Yeah. That they're highly trainable for showing. Well, it's adorable. These little chickens on that table is the cutest thing. I would want to take this little baby everywhere with me. I know. It's a purse chicken if ever there was one. I know. While the Sarama is considered an ornamental breed, the hens are actually quite good layers. Four eggs per week. Yeah. And four eggs per week puts my star of above average. Right, right. Because I say three is average, Uh under three is below average. So that's pretty good. It is. They're tiny little white eggs, but they're pretty good layers. So you need 25 eggs. Probably. For two eggs in a recipe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They will go broody like most bantam breeds. Yeah. Bantams are known to go broody. That's what, I mean, a lot of poultry historians will say that that's what helped the Nankin survive. This tiny little chicken, when other breeds were essentially going extinct, yeah. the Nankin survived because they're such good broodies. They're like, man, I got to sit on these eggs. Right. And here's the thing. Their eggs hatch sooner. That's fascinating. Because they're so tiny, their eggs sometimes hatch on day 19 they're or 20 up. instead of 21, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're like extra They're ready warm. to go. They're ready. They're like, let me out of here, man. <laughs> So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Now, this bird, it is kind of fascinating, the fact that it is recent history. Yeah. It's not hundreds and thousands of years that we've been talking about. The all Romans along. did not bring the Saramas No, we're talking Europe. 50 years <laughs> past our time. We can still say that's that. right. Thank yeah. Goodness. Before us. A little bit. <laughs> no. a little, the Sarama was born a few years before we were. So, hey, it's a yeah. good little chicken. If you're interested in the Sarama, again, we'll have the links for both of the Breeders Clubs. If you're looking to buy them, they do have pretty extensive breeders list on both of these yeah. club websites. Again, the Sarama Council of North America and the American Sarama Association. I want to put this little note out there because this is a chicken that you're going to purchase from a breeder. And this is just a little public service announcement. Always check that your breeder gives you an option to give the Merix vaccine. Absolutely. Always, always. There's too many horror stories of private breeders. They don't give Merricks. And then you bring these little chickens into your flock and then it destroys your flock. So that's just my own little, hey, don't forget this. Exactly. Okay. So where can people get them? It has to be breeders, correct? Right. As we said, the breeders list on both of the ceramic clubs are excellent sources. We checked lots of the hatcheries. And we did find hatching eggs with my pet chicken. Most of the hatcheries do not sell ceramas. So you have to be willing to take a boy or a girl. Or or hatching eggs and yeah. Yeah. Where you're gonna get cockerels. And the reason most of the hatcheries do not sell these is because they're so tiny when they're born, they really can't ship them as yeah. they all chicks. They're, they're so tiny, tiny and tiny, fragile. Tiny. Like I said before, with breeders. Do your homework and make sure they're getting that Merrick's vaccine before you're bringing any bird back over to The your- only other option you would have, if you really want the Saramas and the breeder is not vaccinating for Merrick's, you could purchase the vaccine ahead of time from some places like Valley Vet or Jeffers right. Livestock Supply. 
and either learn how to do it yourself or set it up with your veterinarian exactly. and have them do it for your chicks. But they have to be at a day old. Yes. That's what you need to do. And yeah. if you want to know any of that information, go back and listen to our Merrick's 101 with Dr. We explain Rebecca. everything. Yeah. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals health products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. Okay, so I think it's time to move on to our main topic. Yeah. That jingle gets longer each time. So it makes me laugh every time I have to. Well, this is a feel good week for us for lots of reasons. It is because it's Thanksgiving in two days. And it's our one year anniversary. Yay! (laughs) And so we're keeping things light. Today is light. Okay, so we did one of my favorite little chickens. Yes. Saramas. And our main topic today is ambassador chickens ambassador chickens something near and dear to our hearts i have one yes you do and our guest has had and still does have ambassador chickens she had one of the most well-known ambassador chickens yes around this is jenny from lipstick and chickens and barth we will never forget him absolutely adorable he was so adorable. We love Barth. And, and he, he recently passed away. Yes, but he did so much good for teaching people about loving chickens and what chickens give you and what you give chickens and yes. how they just make your life better. In a little while, we're going to have Jenny join us. Yes. But we want to talk about just ambassador chickens in general before we bring Jenny on. Right. Ambassador chickens are usually either a rescue chicken or a special needs chicken. Or one that may be bullied out of a flock. Right. One of the main requirements is that they are bonded with humans or they're very tolerant of humans. They, they actually have a human like humans. Bond. And generally, the way a chicken gets a very strong animal bond is either if they're rescued from a situation mm-hmm. and they don't have a flock, you become their flock. Or their special needs. Their special needs and your nursing care for them. Right. It becomes a bond. And not every chicken's cut out to be an ambassador chicken. If there's a chicken that doesn't like people, you're not going to force it to be an ambassador exactly. chicken. Exactly. It really has to be a chicken who has an avocation, who has a love of spending time with humans. And it kind of comes about naturally, to be honest. Often. With you. mm-hmm. You're not just going to have a flock of six chickens and say, okay, Buttercup's going to be my ambassador right. chicken. You may not have that ambassador chicken, yeah. but they are out there. It's not necessarily a formal title, Ambassador Chicken. And Ambassador we call Chicken them. is a chicken who in some way, shape, or form really educates, educates it changes public perception about chickens. They might do therapy work. Yes. In fact, a lot of them are therapy animals. A lot of them are therapy chickens. We've talked about therapy chickens before, but we really feel that this is such an important part of chickens. Absolutely. Is educating people about them. And what does it better than a chicken itself? Right. Just the fact that a person who's never touched a chicken before can go and pet them. Right. They can get to know them. They can realize that chickens are sentient animals that have emotions that are capable of bonding with someone Mm -hmm. that can give and receive love. Having one myself, Gertie, we all know Gertie, she's turned into an ambassador chicken. Right. She's a special needs chicken who I do take places because she loves to be around people. So what are the safeguards you put in place 
when you take Gertie out. So I've always put on social media when Gertie goes to different places. Mm -hmm. Gertie, for one, does not go anywhere where there's going to be other chickens. Right. So Gertie is going to travel where she's the only chicken in the vicinity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most places are always outdoors. Open air, right. Open air. And she's just going to be in a safe environment. She is vaccinated against Merrick's. Right. But she does not go anywhere where there aren't going to be other chickens. Right. I would imagine some of this is common sense. It's common sense. For instance, if I, as a chicken owner, were out somewhere and someone had an ambassador chicken, right. I may not get near it. I may decide I don't want to take the chicken dander home. Or if I go cuddle that chicken, I'm going to change my clothes before I go see my And wash birds. my hands. And for all those biosecurity things, yeah. The things that you do every day. Right. For instance, in our house, we have chicken shoes that we wear in the chicken coop. That is it. That's basic biosecurity. Gertie also travels in a stroller. Gertie enjoys being she out here. She loves it. It's not a source of stress for her. She's very happy to be out amongst the people. There's been some stuff going around now that talks about chickens shouldn't really go anywhere. The uh, thing I have to respectfully disagree with that. I think the good that they do far outweighs the minimal risks that you have if you take precautions. So an ambassador chicken is one that can change the world for other chickens yes. by educating the public. Right. By going out there, when we take Gertie to our local brewery, they allow dogs, but she's the only chicken there. Right. And there have been so many people that come up to me and say, I've never seen a chicken. And you know how many times people have said, oh, my God, she's so soft. They light up. Just the fact that this chicken loves attention and gives and receives affection. Yeah. It's a life-changing experience for some people. And I know that sounds dramatic, but yeah. I think it's the truth. And They I, see chickens in a very different way. They do. And it helps educate. It does. I mean, it's number one. If Gertie is asked to go to, say, my nephew's preschool, she'll mm -hmm. go to the preschool. Right. And she will help to educate public. An ambassador helps mm -hmm. enlighten the public and what chickens can bring to people. Absolutely. And th things like that are crucial for a number of reasons. But one of them is that it helps change the way chickens are viewed and it helps things like our personal mission, bringing good quality health care to chickens. Yes, exactly. And the other thing is it's give and take. The people that come in contact with her, there are so many smiles. Mm -hmm. She makes so many people happy. And you need a special chicken to be that ambassador. Let's say Barth. Here's another chicken ambassador that is near and dear to our heart. And right. that is Poppy. Poppy. The Americana, the crossbeak. Yes. He Poppy. goes to work with his mom. Yeah. His mom, Trish, takes him to work. She's a speech therapist. I would imagine for children that are struggling with speech issues, it's very comforting to have Poppy there with them. Yes, she has told us people ask for him in yeah. therapy. So that's wonderful. I mean, that is a chicken who is educating the public and who is also being a therapy chicken and helping people feel better. And he travels extensively. He travels around the country. He does. So let's talk for a minute about some of the other ambassador chickens that oh, are yeah. out there, there. There was Barth. Yes. And there's Poppy. We found some online. We did. We're going to link to a little video of Daisy. The video from Daisy is quite a few years old, but it, it's, it's worth watching. It's three years old. Daisy's a rescue hen. She is owned by Inspire Farms. She's a bantam. She's an old English game bantam, silver duck wing. She's a beautiful little chicken. She's beautiful. And she is an excellent chicken ambassador. This video of this little bantam, it makes you smile. Well, one of the things that I love is that one of the news anchors is holding Daisy, and Daisy falls asleep in her arms. Yeah. And that woman said that she's kind of afraid of birds. She was afraid and that she's never held a bird before. And here she life. is cradling Daisy. Yeah. And Daisy was so comfortable that she fell asleep. It's really touching. 
I mean, this is what their job as an ambassador to do is to change minds of the public. Right. To say to the public, you have a fear of chickens. You don't always need that fear because there are chickens that are aggressive and there are a lot of chickens that are the sweetest thing. It's an education process. It is. We don't have any scientific information. I don't think there have been any large scale studies that give us statistics on this, but we know anecdotally what a difference these chickens can make. We also found, and this is fantastic, we found an organization in the UK. So all you UK listeners, if you don't already know about Hen Power, we have links in our show notes. Yes. Hen Power, it's an organization called Equal Arts. And essentially what they're doing is improving older people's lives through creativity. And these are people with dementia. Yes. Elderly seniors. Yes. The smiles on the faces of this website. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I see it firsthand when I go out with Gertie. Right. This person who can't remember anything right now can at least have a happy moment in that moment with that chicken. What Equal Arts and Hen Power do is they bring creativity activities to Mm -hmm. seniors. As you said, a lot of them are dementia patients. Mm -hmm. And between the artwork and the hen keeping, mm-hmm. it keeps the patients engaged and they feel supported. It helps cut down on depression and loneliness. Yes. An issue that seniors really struggle with is isolation. Yeah. So this is an amazing program. Check out the link because they do really good work. I mean, this is a thing. You hear this so many times. Chickens take anxiety away. Chickens take anxiety away. And that's kind of what ambassador and therapy chickens do. Yes. You just have to be very smart about where you're taking your chicken. Well, there's Winston. Remember Winston? Winston we helped talked a about? young boy. Mm-hmm. And Winston, he was autistic. He was, and he's still going on and his descendants are still therapy chickens. Right. We talked about that last year. I think it was our Valentine's Day episode. Therapy chicken episode. Mm-hmm. I love that episode because this is so real deal. And the thing is, people don't get backyard chickens and say, I want a therapy chicken. It happens as you go along. Generally. There's also an article about the possibility of chickens for veterans as companion animals. And the article itself is about the legal hurdles with that Mm -hmm. because recognized companion animals are dogs and in some instances, mini horses. It was a really interesting article. We'll link to that. The other article we found that's filled with good stuff Mm -hmm. is hobbyfarms.com. Yes, who goes, does your chicken have this, this, this? These are the things you need to know. Right. Your chicken fit these requirements. Can you do these things to have your chicken serve as a therapy chicken, an ambassador chicken to the public? Not every ambassador chicken is a therapy chicken. Exactly. But every therapy chicken is an ambassador. Absolutely. If we can educate the public one chicken at a time, like Gertie, I just use Gertie because she's my She's your, right, exactly. She's a normal chicken, and then eight months later, she's not. Right. You know, major crop issues. But she can't live on normal substrate right now. Right. So she doesn't want to be by herself. So Mm -hmm. we are basically her flock. So if there's a place where we can take her, where there are no biosecurity issues. Right. Then we're going to take her. Absolutely. She's not stressed by it. She enjoys it. People enjoy it. I was trying to think in all of my chickens... Who do I have that would be a good therapy chicken? Hmm. George and Martha. George and Martha, I don't know if they would be stressed or not because they do like people. Yeah. But actually, the one who came to mind was Katsumoto. Yeah. He has a damaged eye. He was really beaten up when he came to me. He lets me hold him all the time. Oh, yeah. He's very cuddly. He really likes people holding and petting him. Yeah. He'll snuggle right up and go to sleep in your lap. Yeah. He would probably be very good at it. I've never tried it. Yeah. But he would probably be the one who would be great. 
If you would have asked me last year this time if Gertie would be my one chicken, it would have been no. I know. That really progressed through her illness. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's not like people set out to say, I'm going to take this chicken and make it an ambassador. It kind of happens naturally. Right. She got ill. The bond became very strong after hundreds of hours of nursing care. That bond is almost stronger than her bond with her flock. Essentially, you do replace flock members. Yeah. When I was doing Llama and Alpaca Rescue, I was doing a training seminar with a really excellent trainer. And this really excellent trainer always said that an animal doesn't trust you just because you're around and you're nice to them. An animal trusts you when you go through things together. Exactly. And in that case, she was talking about llama training or llama medical care. Yes. The more you do, the more your herd trusts you. And she's right, because by the time I'd had my llamas for several years, they were almost all rescues. Right. I literally would have to step over them in the barn right. because they trusted me. Right. And it's the same with the chicken. They go through this medical care with you. They learn to trust you. They build the bond. They learn humans aren't all bad. And there you have the makings for an excellent ambassador chicken. We put a video up a few weeks ago of Gertie with Ella's soccer team and her going to the soccer right. game. Ella's my 11-year-old. And the girls just coming up and you can see on all their faces and they're all petting her. Yeah. And Gertie was in heaven. Yeah, she loved it. She loved it. So it's a really broad statement to make that chickens are stressed due to humans touching them because every chicken is a different individual, just like in every person is no. a different individual. You know a stressed chicken. Their mouth is open. Yeah. They're hunched or they have an elongated neck and they're looking for a place to escape. Right. The signs of a stressed chicken are pretty clear. Right. And honestly, I've been super impressed by the people who have ambassador chickens the care they take with their chickens. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I think it would be a little insulting to try to say they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I think that your ambassador chicken is so important to you that you're taking those biosecurity steps Absolutely. very seriously. And we're going to talk to Jenny and she says the same thing. Right. She doesn't. Yeah, she talks a bit about taking her chickens into her workplace. Yeah. So let's go ahead and bring Jenny in. Welcome, Jenny, back to our table how are you doing? First, I want to say congratulations on a year. Thank and you. For having me back. I love your podcast. It's so informative and, and important to have what you're doing out there. Thank, Thank you. you so much. So over the last few months, a few things have kind of changed. The one big thing that's a happy thing is you were married. Yes. We'll throw that out there. I'm Jenny's new off guy. the block, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So now all the baby chickens, they're like, okay, now our dad's here with us too. Yeah, so how uh, is your we husband? all have the same last name now. Awesome. <laughs> so how is your husband? Does he love the chickens as much as you do? Some would even say more. Oh, wow. You know, I, we fight about it often, but he's very protective, extremely protective. And he helps me so much. Anything I ever need built any water I ever need changed, he's on it. Fantastic. That's you married amazing. the right guy. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely, I did. I knew what I was doing. I love it. I love it. So you have a new little addition to your family. Yes. And her name's Kit, correct? Kit. And she is so spunky. And her name it just suits her so well. She's my little explorer. She oh, is the cutest she's little adorable. thing. She goes on another side of Mitchell. It's so cute. We were just looking a while ago at the post you put up of she became a lady 
And Mitchell was there cheering her on. That was adorable. Yeah, he is totally enamored by her. He wasn't at first, though. He was a very jealous boy. (laughs) Then he decided it was nice because he could have the lady friend to himself. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, are those two traveling around with you everywhere? You taking them out with you? You know what? I haven't taken them out because, you know, the only place that I would bring them often would be like tractor and we had chick days going on so yeah. i don't bring them during chick days when we Great have live birds in. yeah so we haven't been really traveling much but i do have the car seat ready yeah i need to take a video of them i take them individually like for quick little runs but not together yet okay um yeah so it's coming we need a chicken wedding oh we do well need a there's gonna wedding. be right now they're courting he hasn't officially asked her to be his girlfriend yet. That's coming. Oh, okay. We got to keep an eye yes, out on we this. we do keep an eye on this. <laughs> it's like the chicks of our lives. He's a proper gentleman, so. <laughs> That's too cute. That's so cute. So this episode is about ambassador chickens. And we want to just pay a quick tribute to Barth. Barth passed away this year at four years old. We know how much you loved him. We loved him and we cried along with you. Yeah. I'm trying not to cry again. I lost an animal recently. And so every time I talk about someone's loss, I get very emotional. It's a pain that um, we all know so well. And yes. I think that's why it touches every single person. Because yes, it does. we've all been there. It's not always happy. And no. there are hardships that go with it. Absolutely. And Barth was one incredible chicken. <laughs> I mean, four years that he lived not having feet. That is amazing that you took that care of him. He was a strong guy. That's for sure. Yeah. And we all loved seeing all of his travels and everything on Instagram. And being a chicken ambassador, I always say tends to be the ones that we have to care for a little bit more. The ones that may be special needs and that we keep close to us. And they steal the biggest parts of our heart. (laughs) That's for sure. And he stole our hearts all (laughs) along with you too. It was sad when we saw that he had passed away. Yes. But we knew that his life, you made it so much more joyful with you taking such excellent care of him. Thank you. You know, when they are special needs, the bond is just that much deeper. Yes. Um, My whole day, literally from the moment I woke up till I went to sleep, revolved around him and his care. Everything was about him. He was what I looked for when I came home, when I walked down the hallway. So you get a routine and he gets a routine. And him being completely dependent on you is just so rewarding. And no communication is needed. I could just see the love that he had for me in his eyes. Yeah, that's amazing. He really was the ultimate chicken ambassador. I mean, you educated together, the two of you educated so many people about roosters, about chickens in general, about special needs animals. Both of you deserve an amazing tribute for that work. Most definitely. Thank you. We, um, We learned together. You know, I've never had a sick chicken like that that needed care like that. And everything was a learning process. So while I learned, I shared it. I shared our journey from day one together with everybody. And they remember that, you know, they know the first day I brought him home and what he looked like and to watch right. him block them. Everyone just felt like he belonged to them as well as me. Do you have one special moment that you remember where you feel like the two of you made a real difference for someone? Well, at work, everyone just couldn't believe that he was a chicken. 
they thought it was stuffed. We go to Hobby Lobby and stuff and people don't ever see that. You know, where I'm from, it's country, but it's not normal to see a chicken at the store, you know, right. in a diaper, in the basket. So, <laughs> and my favorite part was the kids, you know, there were kids that never had the opportunity to see a rooster up close or was scared, you know, mm-hmm. there's this big scary persona. And then when they could scratch his head and he just closes his eyes, you know, I like to think that that child wasn't scared anymore, you know? Right. Exactly. And I think that's a true meaning of an ambassador bringing to surface the love that these chickens have for people that care for them and the intelligence these birds have and what they're able to give back and take. I can kind of relate with you now. I wasn't going down the road to have an ambassador chicken, but in February, one of my chickens started with crop problems that ended up in being an eight-month ordeal to surgeries. She's still special needs at this point. So she goes everywhere with me. That's Gertie that I talk about all the time. In a stroller. In a stroller to the brewery, (laughs) everywhere. And I know what you're saying. That touches your heart so much when people come up. And I was saying to Holly Ann, it amazes me, like even the older people that come up that are in their 60s, 70s and say, I've never seen a chicken in person. And then they all want to touch the chicken, right? Do they always want to pet? Yeah, they always want to pet. They want to feel the feathers. I'm pretty shy unless it comes to like chickens. So for me, it's like it breaks me out of my shell too because people will approach me and start a conversation. And I'll talk to people that I never would have met or talked to, you know, just doing a regular errand. Right. So the the chickens have the ability to bring people together in so many ways. And then you change that person's life because believe me, they don't forget. I've seen like our UPS man drive down the street while Gertie's in the (laughs) stroller and he's like, his head does not go straight. He's like, wait a minute, that lady's walking a chicken. Chicken in the stroller. Yeah. I always say to my husband, oh, like when something like that happens, like the cable guy will come here, the internet guy and two little chickens cross his feet running. I'm like, imagine what their dinner conversation is going to be tonight. You know, <laughs> we're the topic of their conversation tonight, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And yes. I like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same way. I love being able to change someone's world sometimes and them being able to meet a chicken if they never did. And these chickens are special. And Barth was so special. And he will not be forgotten. He will be celebrated and will forever live on through Instagram and those types of things, which are good so that we can all connect that way. It was unbelievable. The messages that I received, I was absolutely blown away. Every single one touched me on a different level that, you know, I've had a relationship with this person, that person, every single comment was personal. And Mm -hmm. I just couldn't believe it. I felt so blessed. And I knew that his life and his death wasn't in vain. Exactly. He really changed a lot of things. He meant something to people. Yeah. Yeah. So you are our resident expert on house chickens. Mm -hmm. And we've noticed, I think it just happens because they, they get into bad situations. A lot of house chickens tend to be roosters. Not all, but a lot of them tend to be roosters. Yes. So if someone listening to the show has been thinking about getting a rooster, maybe adopting a rooster to become a house chicken, What tips would you give them? Well, the first thing I would say is their care is much more manageable than you would ever imagine. Okay. They are independent and loving. 
I would say they're the perfect mixture between a puppy and a kitten. Okay. So oh, that's nice. they have these moments of independence, but then, you know, on the other spectrum, if you sit down, they're right on your lap. The roosters tend to be more affectionate than a hen, so the bond can be a little stronger. Oh, that's good to know. Yes. As awesome. far as tips, when my chickens aren't running around the house, I create them in dog kennels. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. My favorite tip is wrapping the kennel in screen door roll. What a good idea. To keep their, so, keep everything absolutely. in. All you do is zip tie all the way around and tuck it in the bottom and you can put the shavings in. You take your little pan out. It's so easy. I use a little feed scoop to scoop the shavings out. That is genius. That's awesome. Last time came up with here, that one. I'll, I'll give my husband credit. Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. Last time Jenny was here, she had the tip on the diapers. Diapers, yes. Yes. But we've upped it with the screen. That's yes. fantastic. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that they do amazing. need vitamin D source. Yes. So because they're not a, getting regular Without sunlight. UV. Right. So it would be a grow light without UV. There's like tons of them now. Reading lights for people, it's really good too to have by your office desk. Oh, okay. Um, they would need that as well if they're not getting outside time. They do okay. need extra amount of vitamin D to that's you know awesome, live healthy lives. I, that's an awesome tip because we have never put that out there. Yeah. For the chicken that is the house chicken, the lights that you can buy, mm-hmm. the non-UV lights. We have heard recently of a hashtag rethink the rooster. And just kind of what's your opinion on where are they in the big world of chickens? Right now, uh, I think their place in the world is as a product and not an animal. Yeah. And I think that we are misunderstanding them. They are not disposable. People too quickly call or rehome without doing research and maybe working with them. You know, when they're young, they're just so confused and rushed with hormones that they act out. There's a difference between protection and aggression. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so many tricks that you can do to work with them and train them. If you just give them a chance, you'll see how beneficial they are. Hens and roosters are meant to be together in a flock dynamic. Those hens love having him. There's people that say, oh, my hens are so happy without my rooster. Their back feathers might be a little fuller, but are they more nervous because his eye's not in the sky? Mm. People will come in and say, I got rid of my rooster and I lost all my hens to a predator. Cause and effect. Yeah, right, there right. for a reason. I mean, hens will step up and take charge, but it's not their job. It's not ingrained in their DNA to protect the flock. You know, that's his job. Mm-hmm. I really think that people put that aside, that they are genetically on this earth to protect their flock. And they're not disposable. The reality is, and you're correct about this, their brains are awash in testosterone. They're not thinking, oh, I shouldn't chase the child. To them, the child is a threat to the hens. Keep your rooster where he can safely do what he needs to do and don't put people at risk. I do believe that's a management issue. And I'm a rooster fan from way back. So I'm going to be completely on the same page with you. I have eight roosters. (laughs) And I've only ever had one rooster where the hens were happy when he was no longer with us. That was Ricardo, who did have a true aggressive streak for humans. But I think the hens were happy to see the back of him because he was 15 pounds. And he was protective. Okay, he was a big boy. He was a big boy. Until his last breath, you know, he protected those girls. He did. He loved his girls. He did. Um, He and my husband did not see eye to eye. (laughs) 
But, you know, we managed him. We kept him safe. We kept him happy. You were able to take care of him if he had an ailment. Absolutely. Because this is one thing I will say about roosters. And again, because chicken ambassadors are very frequently roosters, you take even the most aggressive rooster out of a flock and he will bond with you. Absolutely. And we've seen this over and over and over again. So anyone out there who's thinking about doing therapy work with chickens, all day long, you could use roosters for therapy animals and Absolutely. they would be amazing. And that's one of the tricks that I promote is when you want to curb their aggression is put them on a timeout in isolation with no hens and you start from square one with you yes. and him and yes. hand feed before he earns his women back. That's and a he very good tip. That you're in charge because like you said, his whole dynamic changes when his hens are no longer there. Right. Yeah, that that's, is so true. It's very true. a great tip to everyone who could be dealing with it. And also the hormones are the most when they're coming of age. So if you can get through that first, it's about 15 to 24 months. Yeah. Tends to be when roosters are at their absolute manliest. They're wild. They're wild. They're wild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And they don't know how to handle it. So Gertie, yeah. I keep, always go back to her, but in the very beginning, I thought Gertie could be a boy because she actually did the wing dance for me. <laughs> she is not a boy. She is a girl and she would peck at my feet. So basically I would kind of just put my hand on her gently and, you know, push her down a little bit to say, no, you're not going to peck at me. But what we realized is those were her hormones going a little up and up and up. And she didn't know how to handle it either. So those rooster traits kind of came out. And And that will happen too. If there is no rooster, you'll get a crowing hen, you'll get an aggressive hen, you'll get a mating hen. Yes. There is no rooster there to keep things copacetic. The natural order is thrown off. And so a hen tries to fill that vacuum. And that's what Gertie did. Yeah. But then afterwards, she actually, those hormones came back down and it was all okay. It was great. But yeah, like you said, putting them in a timeout and then starting with just you can be immense. Yeah, it really can. It can work so well. Absolutely. And do research, breed research. You know, breed makes a difference. Just like dogs, there's a million breeds and all breeds have different personalities. That's one thing we're trying to do every week with the Breed Spotlight is educate everyone that these breeds, every single one of them, they're different. Have you come across a breed of rooster that you think tends to be a more docile breed? I had Brahmas that were gentle Mm -hmm. giants. My massive, he passed away, unfortunately, massive bird, teddy bear. Oh, I love the Brahmas so much. And our Americanas are always friendly. And the Bantams, the Cochins, the Saramas, the Silkies, you know, Mm -hmm. they're the Labrador retrievers of the chicken world. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. In my experience, and our vet, Dr. Rebecca, recently treated a rescue rooster of the same breed. In our experience, Australorp roosters have been very cuddly and friendly guys. I don't I know if that's them as well. Yes. Okay. So we can add the Australorp to that list. They're big boys too. They're big. They, they are. are. They have that orbit <laughs> in them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're pretty big. But yeah, I do think the rooster doesn't get what they really fully deserve. And we need to all rethink it. That's why I like that hashtag. Mm-hmm. Rethink the rooster acknowledges that we went wrong somewhere and we need to fix it. So we need to come back and change our perspective on the entire thing. Now, back to chicken ambassadors, that's another way the rooster gets out there and changes everyone's idea of what these chickens are all about. I don't know if you know Poppy, the cross-beak rooster. He's an Americana. Yep, he travels the country. 
Yes. 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 And so, I love Poppy. He's wonderful. Love some Poppy. We just spoke with Trisha a few weeks ago. She is Poppy's mom and he goes to speech therapy with her. She's a speech pathologist. That's awesome. And he goes and he's a therapy chicken for all the people who come in to take therapy. We love that. We love it. And it's another way. He's a rooster and he's traveling around. So do you have plans to start taking Mitchell and Kit out with you, either together or individually, to let people meet them and do some more ambassador work? Oh, definitely. I plan on bringing them out together. I just recently watched their car seat. So the time is coming. (laughs) What do you use for their car seat? It's a small animal car seat and it clips around the head of the seat and around the back and makes a stable platform and then has high sides. Oh, nice. It's Sherpa lined, of course, you know. Of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So they don't try to jump out. Does it have a top or no top? It does not have a top. And they've never tried to jump out. Good. Okay. Because they're too comfy in there. They're like, this is the way to go, man. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. So we'll be looking forward to see when they're going out. I really want a little chicken wedding. We'll keep our eyes peeled. Yes. It's coming. You know, he's a gentleman. So things will go at the proper pace. No shotgun wedding for Kit. That's (laughs) No, No shotgun wedding. Even though she's trying to have babies already. She needs a big rock on that finger, too. (laughs) She certainly does. I'm sure she'll get it. You know, he's a hardworking man. We do love Mitchell. Mitchell is so cute. Oh, my goodness. So how many chickens do you have now? I'm sitting around 30. That's Holly. Good number. (laughs) You know, I take adding to my flock very seriously. Every chicken is at least a 10-year commitment. At least. So in the beginning, I went hatch crazy, and that's how I have all my chickens now. And I couldn't part with anybody. So I just kept keeping them and building. Now I have a chicken village outside, which, you know, (laughs) my husband loves changing 10 waterers with me a day. But I grew out of that phase because they're around for a long time. And the more you get, the more work it is. And my flock is in peace right now. There's a lot lot to say for a flock that's in peace. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is chill and mellow and everyone is happy and healthy. So I'm content. Yeah, that's a good place to be. It is. We want to thank you for joining us today. It has been so nice to talk to you again. You are one of the sweetest people we have met. And really, you are a shining light in the whole chicken world. I mean that. We honestly love you. We love your work. We love what you do. And we really look forward to getting your message out to more people. Oh, yes, definitely. And if you do not follow Jenny, which I'm surprised there's anybody out there that does not. She is Lipstick and Chickens over on Instagram. She's on Facebook, too, I think. I am. And you are missing out if you're not following this girl because those posts, we love them. (laughs) And especially the one with Kit laying the egg and Mitchell just watching. Like, you can do it. But we want to thank you. Thank you so much for kind words and for the tribute to Barth. I really appreciate it. It just makes me so happy that he's still remembered and loved by so many. He will never be forgotten, that's for sure. And we'll all keep him in our hearts because he did change things for chickens. Absolutely. He made a real difference, a true impact. Yes, that's what a true ambassador does. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And until I'm sure we're going to be talking again soon sometime. (laughs) I hope so. See you later, Denny. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. 
Okay. Thank you again, Jenny. It's always delightful to talk to you. We love Jenny. <laughs> yeah, we love our time with you and we'll look forward to talking to you again Jenny, soon. you're so sweet. Thank you for all your great care. Okay. So now we're going to move on to... Cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. This week, it's Holly Ann's recipe. <laughs> We've been going back and forth. I've had a few more recipes lately. We did a lot of your Thanksgiving recipes, yeah. which is fun. It was We're going to flip-flop. Yeah. Next year, we'll do yours. Right. So this is, it's still a pumpkin recipe, though. That of course, because it's Thanksgiving yeah. week. Come on. And this is delicious. I've made this several times this fall. I love this. Yeah. It's my favorite breakfast right now. It's baked pumpkin pie oatmeal. Yay. It's good. It's not that hard to make. Yeah. It's a reasonably healthy breakfast. And you could use it for a dessert, too, with a little bit of whipped cream. Actually, you probably could. Yeah. yeah. You could probably add some more sugar or you could add some more desserty bits to it. Yeah. It's old-fashioned oats. It's very easy to make this one gluten and dairy-free. And as usual, we will add our substitutions in the recipe. So you want old-fashioned oats, not instant oats. Right. It has a third of a cup of dark brown sugar. If you wanted it more dessert-like, you could probably increase that a bit. You probably could increase that and add a little bit of refined sugar also. Yeah, you could. It has all the good pumpkin pie spices, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, ginger, mm -hmm. two of your eggs. I actually did pullet eggs again, so I used three eggs. Okay. It uses a cup and a quarter of pureed pumpkin. I just use canned. You can use fresh if you want. We've been through this before. Right? I'm it's like, easy. if you got the canned pumpkin, you got to use it. Yes. It calls for about three quarters of a cup of half and half. I use thick and creamy oat milk, or you can use a creamer. Yeah. Some vanilla. No, it also calls for some melted butter. I used country crock, mm -hmm. dairy-free, or you could use Earth Balance or one of it's the other butters. It's amazing to me these days how easily accessible the dairy-free yes. butter and cheeses are now. Yes. We have Wegmans close to me, so I always get all you the stuff, good stuff here. Yeah. And so you're essentially just going to mix everything together. You're going to beat your eggs, add the liquid in, pour it into the pie pan. Now, you can put some additions in there. I really like about a cup of chopped walnuts mm -hmm. and a cup of mini chocolate chips. Oh, yeah. If you want it sweeter, that's going to add the sweetness to it. I, really, I actually cut the sugar down a little bit. I put the mini chocolate chips in there and not a ton of them. Right. But it's really, really good with them in there. I am a big fan. We always have mason jars. Every time I go to the store, because people go through them so quickly in this mm -hmm. house, a mason jar full of mini chocolate chips. Yeah. you put them in everything, yogurt, right. anything. I use Enjoy Life brand mini chocolate chips, gluten-free, dairy-free. Oh, okay. Wegmans does carry it. Amazon also would carry them. I'm sure. Any slightly upscale supermarket should have them. Pop it in the oven. It comes out ready to go. I actually bake it in a pie dish because I like to cut it in pie slices. slices. Um, it's fantastic. This is one you want to try if you like oatmeal. You could try this one for Thanksgiving morning. Make Christmas it, morning, too. You can make it ahead of time and pop yeah, it in the oven. Yeah, pop it in the oven. Mm -hmm. Well, Christmas morning, we have to do my mother-in-law's Christmas recipe. Oh, that's right. You have the bake. The okay. bake. But that would go with it, the pumpkin. It would. But it would be great. It's delicious. It reheats well, It reheats right? very well. I generally will just pop a slice of it in the microwave, have that with some coffee for breakfast, out to the barn. That sounds perfect. So there it is. That's an easy one because everyone has so many hard recipes going on right now for Thanksgiving. Right. We wanted to keep it really simple. And delicious. And delicious. Okay. So try it. Make it. Send us pics. We would love mm -hmm. to see the pictures. We would. Okay. So now we are going to move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So retail therapy this week, we are doing Rooster Booster poultry products. 
just because we love these products. Yeah, they make some really, really good stuff. So Rooster Booster is a vitamin supplement that you can add either into your food or into water. Right. And give it to your chickens. And you can use it daily or as needed. You can use it for like three, four days. Right. And then take a break. And then take a break. Yeah. But it's all the good stuff that your chickens need. Now, Rooster Booster has a whole line of products. They do. And they're very easy to get your hands on. You can get them on Amazon. In fact, we have it on our Amazon storefront. Yeah. Most tractor supply stores have it. Our local feed stores carry it. Exactly. It's really, really easy to get. Rooster Booster is one of the things I think that we said everyone should have in their first aid Absolutely. kit or just always have on hand. Yeah. We are big fans of the vitamins and electrolytes with probiotics. Yes. It's a powder. It calls for a third of a teaspoon. Is so it- I do a fourth and just do a little bit heaping Okay. Yeah. into a gallon of water. There you go. And it breaks down so well. People really need to understand that the one really easy way to get vitamins into your chicken is their water. Their water, absolutely. So there's all these different things that we use. But Rooster Booster is just so nice to have on hand. You stick it in the water. It dissolves. That's our favorite. Yeah. There's also the Poultry Booster. Now, the Poultry Booster is a feed dressing. And I have that because I ordered it by mistake. And that's probably the one product that you can use every day. You add it to a 50-pound bag of food. My only question with that one is, how well can you totally mix that into 50 pounds of feed? I don't know. I feel like I would do it in smaller batches to make sure I had it evenly. If you empty a 50-pound bag of feed, right, into a can, how are you mixing? Because 50 pounds of feed is a lot of feed. Oh, I know. So the container, how are you evenly mixing that? That's my only question with that product. Yeah. So I have it. I have not used it yet. Okay. There's also a booster cell liquid, poultry cell. It's called poultry yes. cell. And essentially, that's a blood builder. If you have a chicken with anemia, they have a lot of that, neat products. They have a lot of neat products, yeah. They have vitamin B, liquid B12. As a sheep mama, I love that they have a sheep and goat B12 supplement. Also goes in the water. Nice. It's a really nice thing to have on hand. Okay, so this is new stuff that I'm seeing that I did not know that they had mm-hmm. before, but pick no more controls other chickens picking at it other helps chickens. cover up like wounds yes yeah. yeah and they have a wound spray right i have not personally tried their wound spray it says it's all natural non-stinging and it's made with tree tea oil which would help if you had mites or lice yes it would there is actually an insect repellent spray that they have which is cedar oil and citronella and it would just help keep some pests off of your bird and it's safe and effective it's natural yes. And one of the last things they have is they do have a coop dust. Now, That's a new product also. Yes. And I will say that I'm going to get some of this because I'm going to use it in the dust baths that I'm setting up for the winter. Hey, that's perfect. Because we're putting down lots of extra substrate. Yeah. So I'm actually putting in dust baths for them and I will add the coop dust to it. You know it. what a good thing to do for the dust bath is to get an old tire. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. And fill it with the stuff from yep. the dust bath. Put it someplace where it can stay dry. Yeah. You know, I mean, and this it. says it aids in prevention of mites and associated skin problems. Yeah. Their products are, again, natural. Yes. And you can order these simply on Amazon. We have them on our storefront. We do have the vitamins and electrolytes. That's the one that we use. The we, most probably, and yeah. we have at all times, which, in fact, I need to order another mm. one. <laughs> and they have a website, so you can go in and check out all the products read up on them and see if there's something that you need. 
the poultry sale, like if you have a rescue or if you had somehow ended up with a lice or mite outbreak on your chickens, mm -hmm. which does happen more frequently in the winter, that poultry sale would be really helpful as a blood booster. It would be because it has iron. Exactly. Palatable iron, which they need. It's bioavailable. And then it has the basic A, D, E, and B vitamins. Now, my question with the iron would be people have a very hard time tolerating iron mm -hmm. as a supplement. I wonder how a chicken would be receiving iron as a supplement. Since Rooster Booster says on the label that it is a bioavailable iron, I'm assuming that it's chelated somehow. Yeah. You'd probably have to get one of these and read the fine print. And here's they, the other thing. If you are having a problem with one of your chickens and you go to the vets and they tell you your chicken after blood work is low on iron, the there's a place itself, to get yeah. it. We actually keep blood boosters on hand for livestock for in case of anemia. There are a couple of them, but I was unaware until recently that poultry cell existed. And it's a really nice thing to have a poultry version of this. For sure. That's a good thing to have in your first aid kit. Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, so yeah, check out their website. We wanted to give them a little shout out because their products are really, really good and easily accessible. Exactly. Actually, some of our favorite coop supplies, honestly. Oh, yeah. So should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Next week is super fun. We're continuing our fun theme. Fun, fun, fun. We're going to be talking about a type of chicken rather than a breed. Yes. We're going to cover the genetics of frizzles. One of my favorite types. I, we know that. And then the rest of this episode is the chicken lady's favorite things of 2021. This is the episode we've all been waiting right? for. We are super excited. We're going to announce a big contest at the same time. Yes. So don't miss it. And it's our list of 2021, our favorite things. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. Okay, so what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.